Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber, and we're going to start off as we do with the UK box office top 10 for the week of the 7th to the 9th of February. Okay, so at number 10, they're little, but they're clinging on, it's little women. At number 9, it's the gentleman. At number eight, we've got Jamanji. At number seven, Kinky Boots, the musical. It's an event cinema screening. At number six, we've got the personal history of David Copperfield. At number five, Bad Boys for Life. At number four, and you imagine it's probably, um, you know, Helping that it got the uh, best picture at the Oscars, but it's Parasite. At number three, it's 1917. At number two, we've got Birds of Prey um, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn that I do believe has been retitled to um, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey because yeah the title is ridiculous and at number one it's Doolittle people so um, this week uh, what we're going to be doing is breaking down some of what happened um, over the weekend at the uh, Final Girls Berlin Film Festival. So yeah, we're just going to be talking about um, the three feature films and um, uh, a good few of the shorts. You know, there was a lot. So I wasn't able to get through everything, but we're going to get to as many things as we can. So sit tight and uh, enjoy people. Cool. Okay, so I just watched Swallow, which is the new film from Carlo Mirabella Davis, uh, who directed and wrote the film. Uh, it is um, starring Haley Bennett, Austin Stuhl, Elizabeth Marvel, David Rash. Luna Lauren Velez, um, and Zambia Guava. The uh, music was from Nathan Helpen, and cinematography is Caitlin Arismendi. Uh, so the gist of the film is this on the surface hunter played by bennett appears to have it all a newly pregnant housewife she seems content to spend her time tending to an immaculate home and doting on her kendall husband richie played by stool however as the pressure to meet her controlling in-laws and husband's rigid expectations mounts Cracks begin to appear in her carefully created facade. 
Hunter develops a dangerous habit and a dark secret from her past seeps out in the form of a disorder called Picker, a condition that has her compulsively swallowing inedible and oftentimes life-threatening objects. A provocative and squirm-inducing psychological thriller. Swallow follows one woman's unravelling as she struggles to reclaim independence in the face of an oppressive system by whatever means possible. Now, the, the, you know I mean? the description, I think if you don't read about the film, you, like... Yeah, it's interesting the way it all kind of starts Because, you know, it opens up with, you know, I mean, so we're looking at a farm And then we just see the kind of, you know, farmer go pick a lamb Then it slaughters the lamb, prepares the lamb And then we cut into a, a dinner scene and everyone's sitting around eating their, you know, their lamb chops and everything like that. And the film kind of goes in like that. And we get introduced to um, Hunter, Richie, his parents. And, you know, the scene is getting set, as it were. And I think what you pick up on, first of all... Is probably the marginalization of Hunter. And yeah, so we're seeing this and we're seeing that no one's really listening to her. And I think the interesting part about it is it's only her. It's not a, a, a female thing. Because Richie's mum seems to be okay. She seems to get listened to. But Hunter isn't. And, you know, it's always the case, right? So you kind of see, like, you know what I mean? A marginalised group. And you kind, you kind you feel that, oh, everyone's supporting each other. Everyone would support each other. Because they understand what it's like They've been through it But yeah, Rich's mum doesn't really seem to give a shit about Hunter Which is, yeah, it kind of gives you pause And so we, we see these things And it all, you know, it all kind of builds and builds and builds To this point And yeah, it's interesting because you want you because you know what I mean? like you hear about these things, right? And so you wonder what it is that takes someone to that point. You're know, like, what is often the tipping point for people to do certain things? And so yeah, we get to that. And I think, as I said, look, it's interesting, but it does seem to drag in places. Now, the film, it's, it's 96 minutes, so it's not essentially a long film. 
But we do seem to have periods of time when your interest starts to wane. Uh, yeah, it, because uh, you just kind of, it's not so much boredom, but it is kind of frustration because I kind of feel there's information that could help, but we're not privy to. And it's just the, the, the choice of, you know, Carlos to tell the story in such a way and I I guess kind of you know structure it in such a way because I at the beginning right so it just feels like as I said look she's marginalized and she's People kind of talk to her like she's a little kid. So there's nothing, uh, I would say, you know, there's nothing aggressive. You know, there's nothing sinister. But it's just kind of a bit patronizing. So we have that. But then all of a sudden, the tone changes. And... The reactions change But you kind of wonder Oh, okay Why? You mean like why and how? Because we don't see any of it for ages We don't see any of it for ages And I think some of the instances that suddenly bring this change on You kind of feel, well Some of that stuff was happening before and, you know, it, I think people can definitely hide their intent People can definitely, you know, give you a facade of what they are But a lot of times you still get a sense Some of it seeps through But, yeah, it, it's just like a complete It felt like a bit of a 180 on this Which, you know, that is fine It's not a terrible thing because... Yeah, that can happen too, I guess, right? But I think one of the things is We don't really get anything from Hunter We don't get anything from her So I kind of It would have been interesting to Kind of get more of an understanding On what she's thinking What she's feeling And I I think you could definitely have done that but, you know, it's one of those things. It's a choice of the storytelling. So, but we have these things. And, yeah, as as the film goes on, um, you know, she does certain things. Now, there is a revelation that does come out that, you know, that's mentioned in the, uh, the premise, right? But the thing is, the way that revelation comes out, you kind of wonder about it. And you'll understand when you're watching the film Because it's it's done in such a way that Yeah, there is pause about it And it's very, and it's odd as well You know what I mean? It's definitely an odd thing That you're just like, wait, what? Because it just suddenly comes out 
and then that's it. But we, we don't really hear much more on it. So then all of a sudden this thing happens. And Hunter kind of changes as well. But again, it's a big leap from what we've seen from her. So it's a bit like, oh, like, why? You know, and that's the thing. There's these big leaps happen with not a lot of explanation. And again, look, these, as I said, look, these things can happen, but there is a reason for why. You know, I mean, there's a build up, there's something, there's something that makes you snap. And I think that could have been, um, that could have been kind of explored a bit more, you know, just to show the strain and the breaking point, right? And then at the very end, we see this thing, which is a bit like, oh, okay, so that's where we're going. But, Again, look, we're not, I didn't really feel, it It get, It felt a bit more of another leap. Because it's like, okay, that's all fine. I ain't mad at that. But, what, what about the other stuff? Is that now all gone? You know? Because that's the thing, it's just like, it just happens and... Yeah, we're not, we don't know about the other stuff So, yeah, I'm The, the film, it, it deals with interesting concepts, right? And it deals with things that aren't always explored in a certain way So that's all good But I kind of felt it was, it was lacking narratively Um yeah, I, it, it, you know, there was just kind of things that could have been added, which would have been really helpful, you know, because you can imagine there's definitely people going through this, there's definitely people that have, have these feelings and that have these issues, and they would probably want to know, okay, so what was the driver, what was the breaking point, what was... And we don't really see it all. Or maybe it's just the fact it isn't as well established as other things. Like the, the direction is fine. Um, the acting is done well. You know I mean, like all of that is good. We have some really good performances. Um, some interesting angles and stuff like that. You know, which helps the film. There are a few scenes that are very dark. Um, which made it very difficult to...
So, I've just watched Tito. This is from um, Grace Glowocki. Uh, she um, directed it, she wrote it, and she played the lead role of Tito. Um, also in the film is Ben Petri. Uh, so, the, the gist is this. So, Tito is a gothic feminist fable about a man being haunted by sexual predators. Um, yeah, like the fear he lives with has led to him walking with a hunch in his back. Moreover, he currently lives inside an abandoned home. This is until the arrival of friendly of a friendly neighbour um, with food and starvation. But also this neighbour is the sex-obsessed type who wants to bring Tito into this world. Uh, yeah, this is a... Hmm, it's an odd film. It's an odd film. Um, like, for the first, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, there is no, like, dialogue. Um, the film is kind of told with music, which is very interesting. And, um, you know, I was wondering how long it would do this for. Like, if this was the whole film, which would have been an interesting conceit, right? Um, to see how they're able to get all of this across. And, um, the, like, you, we first get dialogue when the neighbour arrives on the scene. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, it's interesting that Tito... A male character is played by uh, Grace. Um, 
because you know so they they you know kind of disguise the fact that yeah a woman is playing Tito for the most part but when Tito does talk there is this feminine voice which yeah it's it's, it's like when you first hear the voice you're like huh okay um and so yeah it's interesting that they didn't want to disguise the voice but um yeah it's it's fine um I, like one thing that i think didn't come across was the um you know tito being a victim of said sexual predatory because, like, he, you know, Tito walks around with a whistle around his neck, um, and we, like, we see him jumping and, uh, scared, but you don't know why, you know, like, I think... At the beginning, I'm watching this and I'm thinking it might be a form of anxiety, you know, or, or, or like something like that. Because, you know, people are very, um, like people can be reclusive, um, people, like I've known a lot of people that don't like crowds and being around people and that kind of thing. So uh, I think that's what I was thinking like, while watching the film, uh, and, yeah, and so then we, we have, like, the neighbour come into it, and then the film kind of develops from there, uh, and I think you get hints of sex, I mean, there's a big hint of sex (laughs) at one point in the film, um, but then towards the end, um, there's something else, uh, and then there's this whole thing, like, with a drug, um, but that's all a bit, yeah, that's all, all uh, it's confusing, because my kind of thinking with the reactions to this is different to what we then saw, so I don't know, it, it gets very confusing, um, I kind of felt towards the end, um, and yeah, I didn't really, I don't think the whole sexual, as I said, the sexual predatory thing came across, now when you read the blurb, um, and you know, there was a Kickstarter for this as well, and you read all of that, so it talks about it there, yeah, if I hadn't have seen it there, I wouldn't have thought that was the main focus of the film. But I did think it was interesting. You know, well, I and I I'd say like the beginning of it more so because of the use of the music and sound to kind of depict the anxiety to depict the the fear and um 
you know, all of that, and it's, and also it's very physical, so, you know, like, Grace had to act a lot, uh, you know, the body and the face to try and get across feelings and emotions, and, um, yeah, that was all interesting, that was all done well, I would say, um, but yes, there is a lot that's happening that you're kind of, oh, I wonder why, like, I don't, yeah, I'm not quite sure what that means or, or what's happening, um, so I, you know, I definitely think this is an interesting approach, you know, I, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I, I would probably, like, commend the effort, I don't know if it was wholly successful, yeah, I, I'm not sure if you can show this to someone without any knowledge of, like, the um, idea behind the film. I don't know if you can show it to someone without that and have them get what this film is about. I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe I'm just, I was just missing the point. Um, but yeah, I think in that regard... It falls down. But, hey, you have to give them props for trying. Um, It's, what, like 70 minutes? It's just over an hour. Uh, So, yeah, runtime is fine. It's short. Um, But, yeah, you know, I think it gets lost in places... But uh, it's interesting, you know. I will definitely say that is it's an interesting, it's an interesting watch. So um, yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, I yeah, be interesting to know what you think, like how you view it. Because yes, I'm I'm feel for me it felt more like about anxieties and fears, which sex predatory would be a fear, but I didn't. Yeah, that I, I didn't get that. But yeah, I don't know. I could I could just be very oblivious, right? But yeah, you know, interesting choices. Okay, so um I just watched Dark Whispers Volume One, which is an anthology. Um and it's directed by 11, actually I think it's 12, um, female directors from around Australia. Uh, so here's the kind of gist. When Clara discovers her deceased mother's revered book of dark whispers, she can't stop reading the strange stories within its mystical pages. Each tale reveals a new facet of the twisted human psyche, or the not-so-human, as the case may be. From the horror of grief to a share house-living disaster, existential dread to right-swiping vampires, there's something for all tastes, as long as those tastes are twisted. Starring Andrea... Demetriades, 
Ashekedi, Anthony Lapaglia, and Brie Desborough. The Dark Whispers Horror Anthology is brought to you by 11 female directors from across Australia. Angie Black, Brianne Kidd, Isabel Peppard, Janie Hewitt, Jub Clerk, Catalin Tinker, Katrina Irawati Graham, Lucy Goldthorpe, Madeline Purdy, Marion Peloski, and Megan Riacos. Um, so this was an interesting one. Um, now, the uh, the kind of wraparound story that kind of connects everything together is that of Clara reading the book. So we have that. And then, you know, each story is one of these shorts, which is an interesting approach, you know. And so she reads, she starts to read, um, and then we see, then we cut back to her. um, And it's like, you know, each story kind of distresses her more and when we see her reactions to them and what she's trying to do but then it goes you know she's forced to continue so yeah it's an interesting device uh and yeah then we have these shorts now because they're directed by different um you know a host of different directors it means that, you know, all the styles are very different, which it it works and it doesn't, like, some are definitely better than others, um, you know, like, there was one about uh, a couple of indigenous kids who are kind of Trying to find this boogie woman And uh, Like the story itself is fine It's just some of the acting Is a little bit Uh Wooden You know But yeah you know, the, These things happen Especially when dealing with kids Right Um Yeah But there were some A, a couple that really um yeah there's a couple that really seem to jump out um to me and uh those were um oh gosh what were those ones so there was a uh a, a, well there was a really nice one um called white song and it was about so there was kind of two interlocking stories about women who had faced loss and their connections to that loss and pregnancy uh, at the same time. Uh, and it's kind of just dealing with, you know, how they cope with it and their perspectives. And so that was, uh, yeah, that was really, that was really good. You know, I, I yeah, I really enjoyed um, 
really enjoyed that one and um yeah there was a few others like um so yeah it was the the woman which plays on the whole mermaid um myth and um yeah like there's a couple of things in this that kind of um I think definitely surprise you you know uh, because we got this old man being teased about the mermaid And then, you know, how that kind of all unfolds But then we see it, it's all around perception And it turns, you know, a lot darker A lot darker than you actually think it is Because it's not, you know Um yeah, it, it, it's not the best. Oh, no, sorry, and that's the man who caught the mermaid, really. Um, yes. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was very interesting, you know. Like, the last story was great, The Intruder, which offers up a couple of surprises at the very end. That You know, I think there's one... That you kind of suspect, but then the last one, you're like... Oh, yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't realise that But yeah, they were all good And there was also one that I really enjoyed um, Which was uh, The Ride And that was a, a, a like a hitchhiker And it was a bit like, oh, it was a little grim it was a little grim, you know, uh, but you know, I think I was suspecting a certain thing at the end, um, when it was, uh, you know, when the guy then, like, meets his girlfriend, the next part I kind of suspected, but, uh, yes, it, it was still, it was still a decent story, yeah. Still a decent story, very, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, not the best of situations, right? Not the best of situations uh, to be in. Um, but yeah, like there's the, you know, the, the little shared house of horrors, which is fine. You kind of get where it's going. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was played pretty well. Um, like, not all the acting was great, but, you know, yeah, it is, you know, it is. And the first one, which was, like, a, a ghost story, the little girl, again, acting, bit, bit ropey. But it's all very interesting. Like, there was a clay animation story in there as well. Um, so, yeah, you, you get kind, you get to see these a lot of different styles and different approaches, which is always interesting and nice, you know. Um, yeah, because you know, she and I think it works because she's reading this anthology book, you know, so they don't necessarily have to have the same style or the same feel. So, yeah, that's that's fine. 
and the wraparound bit is interesting, it's intriguing, so yeah, this isn't bad, it isn't, like, there's more good than there is meh, you know, so it, it, Always out in the end, I would say. So yeah, I would definitely say it's it's, it's worth a check. You know, if you're into um, yeah, and um, a kind of an anthology style, some little short hits. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that. Now, yeah, it is volume one, so yeah, it's kind of like. I don't know if a volume two is planned or, or what the deal is, but yeah, maybe, maybe that will crop crop up at some point. So um, yeah, but Dark Whispers Volume One, yeah, it is worth a check. Okay, so um, the bad romance shorts block. Now, uh, that had some interesting stuff in it. Uh, so, uh, what was the first film I watched in this block? Uh, we had a short called Crust, which was a uh, clay animation one and about an elderly couple. The the wife, you know, she was tr- entering these pie competitions And, you know, she was never winning I think the highest rosette that we see is a fourth place uh, And, you know, her husband is always just berating her and blah, blah. So, it's just this relationship And, uh, you know how it eventually plays out Like it wasn't bad um, It's mainly The husband's voice And then it's just music That's essentially What we all we hear And and it's fine It's very short um, Yeah So there's no real nuance or anything like that But you know The, the animation isn't bad And yeah it's you know It's, it's not bad it's okay uh, there was also there was one called Foyer, but I couldn't watch that because of the subtitles, um, and also the subtitles being on light backgrounds, which, ugh, I just wish people would understand. You know, just realize that is not a good thing. Uh, now there was w- one called Deep Tissue, the. It's very odd. I I don't know, right? Because I think the name of it, when you then have the opening scenes, it gives you an assumption. But yes, it was it was very odd. Now, I thought the um, because yeah, we we just have a a a, a young lady. And a guy, um, that's all we all we have in this. But they play their roles really well, really well. You know, like the girl. There's the like anticipation, but then there's the dread. You know what I mean? The the fear, um, the anxiety of it all, and we see all of that, which is yeah, 
really well acted uh, And the guy uh, A little bit um, Ooh What's the word I'm trying to think of He comes off a um, Like a bit cold A bit off A bit precise At first which which does help in the the play of all of this because it makes you think you're you're constantly thinking and like oh what oh I wonder what this means but I'd say that was so deep tissue is very good but my favorite from this block has to be. Um, yeah, the last one I saw So let's get to that So I just watched something Sometimes I think about dying Um, which is from Stephanie Abel Horowitz Um, it's a, you know, it's about 10 minutes long And the gist is Fran is thinking about dying But a man in the office might want to date her And this is a really Just a, a sweet Cute um, Cute film I really enjoyed it I'm probably just a bit of a sucker For this kind of thing um, Because it's just a little bit awkward You know what I mean We're dealing with Like Fran She's awkward You know what I mean She's Like you know, she's having these thoughts about dying, about hanging from the tree outside the office and stuff like that. But, you know, she keeps to herself um, and all of that. But then, yeah, there's this guy she's sees in the office who she's like, oh, yeah, he keeps on, he's looking at me. I think he might like me. Hmm. But then, you know, she, because that's what you do, you're thinking, it's like, oh, well, does he want to date me or does he just want to fuck me and just, ugh, you know, hmm, I don't know, maybe he wants to kill me, huh, interesting. So she's having these thoughts and stuff like that, and, you know, because we get her kind of in a monologue, the, you know, that little voice, it's just like, ah, oh, should I do this, should I do that, and so it's interesting, like, how she's trying to perceive these situations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the interaction starts and she's just a bit like, well, yeah, no, I'm funny. And so she knows, she does know her worth, but on the flip, you know what I mean, there's, there's that doubt. So, um, yeah, like, but, you know, she she kind of... Ignores him, but then she agrees to go out with him And we just see it go from there And it's just, yeah, it's really nice Because we just get these interactions that are awkward But they just work You know what I mean? And, and so it's just put together really well Like just from the tone, the feel of it Like the acting Ah, yeah you know, the young lady that plays Fran and the guy that plays Robert, they really do the roles perfectly. 
You know what I mean? They just have everything locked down just right. Just that right level of awkward, you know, just which makes it all work, that makes it feel natural. And that's the big thing. It doesn't feel forced. It feels very natural. And I really recommend people to check this out. You know, it, it's it's a great little... um. Yeah, it's a great little thing, you know, because it's not overly soppy and stupid like that. So it doesn't fall into that trap. But it's just endearing. You know what I mean? It's endearing. It's a little bit funny. Yeah, it it works. And it ends perfectly. I, I like the way it ended and just all came together. So, yeah, it's great. Sometimes... I think about dying. Okay, so next up was the graveyard shift block. And um so I I hit three films in this. Um yeah, so first there was Vampire, The Vampire of Soho. And um this had a a feel of it of um like a 70s film, you know what I mean, and, and one of those kind of like after school BBC specials, you know, it, it had that kind of tone and everything, and it was good, I liked it, I liked the lighting, the aesthetics of everything, and yeah, it was great, the problem with it was just the acting, the acting, it's just a little bit wooden. It's just, and, and especially the guy. Now, I don't know if this is intentional, but, uh, yeah, it, it was just a bit wooden. Like, the story itself and everything is it, all fine. You know, it looks great. But, yeah, if we could have just had... Some real great delivery on the lines. It it would have set this, you know what I mean, on a different level. Um. Then there was the the girl in the shed. Um. And this one actually has a description <laughs> Because yeah, uh, most of them don't So it says Once there was a girl who lived in the shed at the bottom of the garden Desperate to make some f- normal friends A lonely girl gets ready to attend a party But she has skeletons in her cupboard, literally the girl in the shed is a darkly comedic fairy tale exploring modern themes of anxiety and fear of missing out. Um, yeah, like this, like as it mentioned fairy tale, it did have a kind of uh, a weird fairy tale kind of aesthetic, like um, very pastely. Um, in colour and everything like that And they kind of interspersed with the live action um, Kind of like cardboard cut out stuff It was interesting 
It was definitely an interesting approach, but I liked it. It yeah, it looked good. Um, again, the 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 only issue was it was just yeah, just the acting. It's just the delivery. It was it you know it just comes off a little forced. You know, a little over the top, um, which is a shame. It is a shame because everything else, yeah. Looked really promising, really good, really interesting. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just that. Uh, I think the skeleton could have been explored a little bit more, you know, which then would explain the end a bit more. But uh, but yeah, you know, I this is the thing. They're kind of short films, and they could be, um, like, you know, the first effort. And even if it's, like, a few in, like, it takes time to develop a style, a voice, and just, like, you know, and key everything up. And a lot of times you're doing this stuff on very low budget. So, you know, although um, not everything is, is kind of my cup of tea... You you definitely have to give them props for actually getting it done, you know. Because it's it's easy to have the ideas, but to actually do it, yeah, mad props. But um, my favorite from this block was um, yeah, definitely the uh, the last one. So let, let let's explore that. Okay, so Neurotica, episode one, Eureka, and this is from um, Laura Moss. Really, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it was just a a kind of a different idea, you know, like it. Kind of reminded me somewhat of um, Douglas Adams, uh, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it's a lot of fun. It's like we start off with a girl kind of walking through a corridor, and all the lights turning off, and she's hearing these like this big noise, and she's scrambling to try and escape, and then more lights, and then more noise, and it's just like, ah, 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 the anxiety, um, she runs into another room, uh, another scare, and then we have her waking up, and it kind of plays from there, you know, it's kind of looking at, um, if people, like, if everything we know wasn't actually ours, you know, if, if those thoughts had been given to us, which I think that's, you know, I've seen that before, right? But it, it's just this interpretation of the idea. I thought it was very enjoyable. Um, yeah, it, it was just a lot of fun, um, and just interesting, you know, because, so it, it's running with this idea of implanted, um, faults, and so it's just like, oh, what do you then do with that, 
you know what I mean, and so you've been given this thing, uh, and you've got to, like, are you going to do it, not do it, like, how's it going to play, and so, yeah, so the idea is interesting, and just the acting, I thought the acting was great, you know, we've got the lead, our lead character, you know, she's very good, like, she, I think she's really good, like, because at the beginning, we get the, the fear, the anxiety, then, I mean, there's the frustration, it's just like, huh, what, I've got, uh, you know, so we, we, we got that, and it's just, she seems lost, right, there's, there's, a, yeah, there's a, there's a sense of loss and a sense of needing an anchor. You're needing something to kind of solidify yourself with a purpose. And all of this is done. Then we've got the aliens. Really just, yeah, that fun. Yeah, like the guy that did... Yeah, it was just done really well. Just captured this kind of the weird sense of, you know, the implantation and like trying to help and everything like that. It it all comes across. You believe everything. Yeah, right? it's very believable. They really do um yeah, great performances, and just everyone, the sister, just their reactions, it's just, everything about this works, and it's episode one, so I really, I hope they make more, because, yeah, just interesting to see what else they can do with all of this, but, um, yeah, if you get the opportunity to see Neurotica, episode one, Eureka, Yo, do that, watch it, it's, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Okay, so, I watched five films in a social ills block, and, uh, yeah, these were definitely, um, the other side of things, okay, um, Oh, where to start? Well, I guess there's Rehome. Okay, so this was from Izzy Lee. And, um... Yeah, I... I don't know. It's, uh... I guess, like, we've got a... A a woman with a baby. Um... And it's... Kind of seems that she is from a poorer background and she goes to this big house and meets a couple who are definitely more affluent. You know, she's she's given a, a can. And at first I'm thinking, like at first I thought, wait, was she just given cat food? Then you're thinking, no, 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 no. Okay, it's probably like tin tuna or something, but then you, towards the end, you realise, oh, it's smoked fargoire, so, yeah, that tells you something about the household she's gone to, and, um, yeah, so she's gone to this, and 
um, I think it's some sort of adoption service. But then it all kind of plays out from there. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, is 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 it, yeah, there's definitely a twist. There is definitely a twist in this. But I guess the big thing is, like, it's the, it's the cause? You know what I mean? It's like the need. It's like, why? You know, I mean, I think that's the big thing. It's the why? Because, I don't know. I, like, I don't know the reason for it. That's, I think that's the thing Like, with a lot of things, you you know what I mean You'll be like, okay, so obviously that would happen for those reasons But this, yeah, I have no clue I have no clue So it just leaves you like a bit like, huh? And it is very short, so Like, yeah, everything is fine Everything is, is decent about this Like, the production of it um, The acting um, all of that, yeah, on that side of things, everything is, yeah, nothing is a bit like, oh, well, that was a bit flaky, or that was a bit, no, everything was cool, but it's just the what, the why, yeah, which is, that throws you with that one, um, we have then got, Torching the Dusties from Marlene Goldman. And, um, okay, so we've got a breakdown for this. And it's, uh, so it's this, right? Protesters have appeared outside the gates of Ambrosia Manor. From behind strange baby-faced masks, they issue a chilling simple demand. It's time for the residents of this posh retirement home to give up their space on earth. Trapped inside, as the situation worsens, Frank and Wilma struggle to respond. Despite Frank's failing vision, the two must hatch a plan to escape. Before Ambrosia Manor goes up in flames So Yeah, I guess with this one um, Like, it's not bad uh, Like, yeah, production-wise it's all good and everything like that But I don't know I don't know if I was just missing stuff But I don't like, the story doesn't, I don't, it didn't seem obvious, very, like, yeah, I just, it just didn't really seem obvious, now, um, yeah, I don't know, it, it could be from a day of just watching films, very, like, you, 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 you start to miss things, but, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, this one, I found a little bit perplexing, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, again, it's not, um, like the production's good and everything like that, but yeah, I, I was just kind of lost on the story, I guess, um, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know, um, so then there's snowflakes, 
from Faye Jackson. And this definitely seems like it's uh, very poignant for the time, you know. So it's, we've got um, people in a... Oh gosh, what I guess you I don't know if you if they're called detention centers, but we, we've got these group of people and they're going to be deported to Jamaica. Um, so yeah, you, you've got um, a, a lady and she's getting sent back. Her application for residence has been denied, and we've got the guard being. Just a, just off key to her for no reason, you know, being like, oh, yeah, you don't need to be a lesbian. A lesb- being a lesbian is no, you know, uh, like there's there's no right to for um, an application because of that. That y- you chose it, and you're gonna burn in hell because God hates lesbians. So yeah, so that's how we start. Yeah, you know, some just unneeded uh, bullshit from a guard. Then you've got another lady who's like, um, you know, I've been in the country forty years. I, I was, you know, I've lived here all my life. I, I came as a, a, a baby, so why are you deporting me? I, I, I have no family, no one, um, in Jamaica, and that then leads, you know, so they're trying to restrain her. Um, and she's getting more frantic, and so they resort to drugs to, uh, you know, bring her in line, and that's when everything goes a little bit crazy, um, yeah, and, um, so yeah, everything, then suddenly we, we have this twist, which is just like, I don't think, Anyone was expecting it, right? And also because of the thing that happens before the twist. So you're like, wait, is it going to happen to... Oh. Oh, okay. Hmm. And so it's just like, oh, what the hell is going to happen now? So, yeah, it's very interesting because you're kind of wondering, okay, so what's the trigger for this thing, you know, is it, is this a sort of redemption, like, what's the, yeah, what's the cause, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, it's definitely interesting, um, yeah, it's well shot, uh, it's well acted, but you definitely get the, um, I think the, the worry, the worry and the fear and just that pent up like uh you know i d- there's nothing i can do i can't be in this situation what's happening to me what's happening to we get that you know and so that's great and then just that cold just malice from the guards we get that as well so yeah everyone does a real good job with this one so it's in, yeah, so it's definitely interesting. Um, so yeah, it's worth a watch. Uh, so what else? Then we've got Reformed from Samantha Timms. This is an odd one. 
for sure. Like, we got an old man at a, uh, a a train station. So he's going to wait for his train. His train's been delayed. And, you know, he seems very doddery. Right? Seems very frail and doddery. And um, so when he eventually goes to sit to wait for the train, then he starts to have... All of these kind of, I don't know, yeah, you, mm, it's kind of like, I guess, fl- yeah, some flashbacks, some flashbacks, and I, I guess some psychotic episodes, maybe, but um, yes, and it all seems to stem from a cow, Right, but as we see more, it's kind of like okay, so how does that come out from that? So it's weird, um, and I, I get it's definitely confusing on where it goes because it's just the Wait, how'd you get to there? <laughs> you know, like, how'd you get to there from there? I don't know. This is strange. This is very weird. Uh, uh, but it's well put together. You know, especially the effects with the lighting, um, like the noises and everything like that. You definitely get the tension. So, yeah, this is an odd one. But, uh, yeah, worth, worth watching. It's definitely... Odd, but it. I guess it. It will. Um, it will make you think twice about waiting on an isolated platform now, because uh yeah, who knows what the hell could happen? <laughs> and finished with Tingle Monsters from Alexandra Serio. Uh so. Yeah, we've got a uh, a blurb on this as well. Uh, so it's about an ASMR vlogger returns to her online fan base after an extended absence with a live stream that quickly spirals out of control. So yes, and the interesting thing with this is that it is shot as if you are watching a live stream, which is very interesting, you know, I think that definitely puts you into um, the space of what's going on, you know, you're then sucked into the environment, which definitely helps for what happens, because it's like you're watching, yeah, you're watching the stream. And so it's happening in live time in front of you. Which, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's very hard to talk about this. Because you don't want to give anything away. Uh, I think the the only thing that I had with this was... 
Um, because with a live stream, you've got people, you know, as you know, like people can comment, right? People send their messages. So you have the messages um, scrolling on the right side of the screen. But as with these things, the messages are very quick. So it's hard to catch everything that's going on. And I had to um, rewind it a couple of times to, um, yeah, really key into like a couple of things that are said, which play into then what happens. Uh, But yeah, it is very good. And I don't know, like, if people um, kind of know about ASMR. And so that's like the whole whispering into a microphone. And, uh, you know, um, I'm going to rub my pen over the microphone. Yeah. Do you feel those vibrations? Oh, that's good, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this space. It's so great. And so, yeah, it's that whole whispery into the mic that can definitely be infuriating. <laughs> I don't think I could listen to, um, you know, like a, a long ass um, podcast vlog. Of, of this sort of thing But a load of people do Which is kind of crazy right But uh, yeah whatever um, Whatever you connect with You know but uh, yeah this is Oh yeah it, it, it definitely brings the pulse up So I would say Tingle Monsters Is um, worth a watch Because You do buy into it You buy into it And you buy into the um, The The vlogger Who um, Is a little infuriating You know But uh, yeah Check out Tingle Monsters people um, And it might give you uh, (laughs) a, a, A new kind of insight Into the whole Vlog Podcast sphere But um Yeah that's that block Okay people So um Yeah I figure we should probably talk about this Uh There was the 92nd Oscars Um at the weekend So Let us whiz through And uh yeah, give the winners, okay? So, let's start with Best Documentary Short Film. So, the winner of this was Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone, if you're a girl. Uh, then we had Best Live Action Short Film. So, the winner was The Neighbor's Window, Then we go to Best Animated Short Film, and the winner is Hair Love. Uh, Then we've got Best Sound Mixing, and 1917 won that one. Um, Then we've got Best Sound Editing, and this time for the Ferrari one. Uh, We then get Best Visual Effects. 
and the winners 1917. Um, then we got best costume design, and Little Women won that one. Uh, we got best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, Bombshell took home the gong for that award. Uh, best song uh, was I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. Uh, we've then got best score and Hilda Gudnadotor. She won for her work on Joker. Um, so best production design uh, The winner was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood We've then got best film editing And Ford v Ferrari Picked up that one Best cinematography Well The great Roger Deakins Won this one for his work on 1917 uh, then we got a best original score uh, Sorry, best original screenplay And uh, Bong Jong Hu won for Parasite We then have best adapted screenplay And Taki Watiti won for Jojo Rabbit Best documentary feature American Factory won that one uh, Best International Feature And this, <laughs> you know, I think it was pretty obvious that Parasite was And it did win that one uh, Then we got Best Animated Feature Which was won by Toy Story 4 So yeah I mean, because, yeah, they, it, it, I think it didn't win the Golden Globes or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, Toy Story, that one. Uh, best Supporting Actor. So, this was Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, best Supporting Actress. And uh, Laura Dern, she won this for her work in Marriage Story. Um... Best Actress, Renée Zellweger, she won for uh, Judy uh, Best Actor, this was Joaquin Phoenix for The Joker Best Director um, So yeah, supposedly this is a, um, a bit of a coup, a bit of a shock But it was Bong Joon-ho for Parasite And Best Picture That was Parasite Which is interesting Because it, you know It won Best International Feature And then Best Picture So I, I think that's a first It's interesting as well to have it in both categories And the other weird thing I find about Best Picture Is the fact that it's got What, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Eight nominees And all the other categories have four Which is just like Look, 
be consistent, people. You know what I mean? Be consistent. I just do, I do find it just a bit boring, though. Right? So, um, yeah, numbers are, they were down. Numbers were down for, um, for this one. You know, not as many people are tuning in, which isn't a surprise. Because, look, it's all a bit boring. Because we have the same films nominated over and over and over again. And the thing is, listen, right? Look, you want to say that, okay, in your opinion, these are the best films. But there have been, we've seen other films that maybe the film itself isn't great or isn't in the top five. But there could be a performance in that that is outstanding, is incredible. And we've all seen that before. So it's just like, why not have those people in contention? You know what I mean? Because otherwise, we're just getting the same people from the same films over and over again. And that's why, you know, you can have, um, like, you know, films, um, it's like films like Parasite with, like, four nominations and 1917... You know, like picking up three, you know what I mean? Like films picking up multiple awards and multiple nominations. It's just, it becomes stale. It becomes boring. And when you have this over and over again, year in, year out, like what's the pull to watch it? You know, what's the pull? Like, and, you know, we've, we've, like, this year there's the whole talk on representation and everything like that. So, there is nothing that is kind of drawing you to really watch these shows. And they want to make big deals about, oh, Whacking Phoenix has worn the same suit for every, who gives a fuck? Who cares? Like, people go to work with one or two suits, you know, it's not anything crazy, but we've got to applaud him for just wearing one suit, one suit for a few hours, like he goes for, to these walks for a few hours, you know, oh, so it's not like this suit is getting crazy amount of wear, but that's a big deal, it's a big deal that he's able to bully people into having vegan um, menus. When, you know, look, actually, I'm not going to even get into the whole vegan conversation. Because it is a bit bullshit, right? And not on the fact that people want to be vegan, but the whole pretense that... You know, if everyone becomes vegan, the planet is saved. It's just like, look, it's not true. It's not true. And vegan farming, you know, that can be very detrimental as well. But it's all these things that get skewed. And then we have, like, actors getting up and giving their very (sighs) boring 
close-minded lectures on stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I say just ditch the award shows. Who really gives a damn, right? Who gives a damn? But look, ah, I'm not going to change this. So um, yeah, let's end that and um, close this one down. Okay? Boom. Okay, so before we dust um, some uh, film news. Um, now, in a recent interview, Harrison Ford has um, he mentioned that filming on the new Indiana Jones film would start in two months. So that's interesting, because I, I wasn't even aware that they'd kind of completed the script or anything like that. They'd just been talked that they wanted to make a fit. So it'll be interesting to see who's cast in it and what actually happens, you know? Um, okay, so Disney have hired John Gattins and Andrea Burloff um, to uh, write the screenplay for um, an Aladdin sequel. You know, so Aladdin came out last year. They did a live version um, directed by Guy Ritchie. And it was okay. Like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. Will Smith was was decent in it. Um, but it did good numbers, you know. It brought in good cash. And so, uh, yeah, they're making a sequel. But here's the thing. It's not going to be an actual sequel to see what then happens with Aladdin and that. It will be another story from the 1001 Nights, you know, the whole Arabian Nights anthology. So it's, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, because there's so many good stories in those books. So, um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see which one that they decide to do. And the word is that, um, you know, it's going to be a film. It's not going to go directly to Disney+. And supposedly, um, Will Smith, Naomi Scott and Mina Massoud will be sought to uh, return. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I just have to wait and see what happens um, with this, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it'd be good to get maybe a Sinbad or Alibaba. That was always a good one, right? But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, so, word is Samuel L. Jackson is going to be starring as a hitman again. Yeah. Um... John Racroix and um, Galen Ficara uh, will be um, directing a. It's a currently untitled new film about um, you know Jackson's 
Pip's hitman character called Morris Stokes. He's a, um, you know, he's now retired, but he's, uh, you know, he's a formidable hitman. And he worked for a, a mob boss called Easy A. So, yeah, an original bad guy name there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Stokes is, is brought back to action when his nephew makes a terrible mistake. And rather than just kill the kid, Stokes decides to help him recover the money and teach him important life lessons along the way. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with that. Um, so, Baz Luhrmann is making a film about Elvis Presley and his manager, the Colonel, Tom Parker. And uh, Rufus Sewell has now been cast in the film as Vernon Presley, Elvis's um, father. Uh, now, we know that... Um, Tom Hanks is going to be playing, you know, Colonel, and Austin Butler will be playing Elvis. Uh, also in the film is Maggie Gyllenhaal and Olivia Dijon, um, and it's expected filming will be beginning um, in Queensland shortly. Uh, the film is due to be released October next year. Uh, and um, in another bit of news, uh, Zoe Salander is going to be playing the lead role in uh, Fencer. So this is a, um, a new film from Jasmine McGlades. Um, and it's produced by Casey Affleck. Uh, so the story is set in the competitive world of fencing and follows May, who's played by Salander, um, an ambitious athlete facing personal demons and childhood rivals as she vies for a spot in a US Olympic team. So, uh, yeah, that's it for the film news this week people uh, so yeah we'll be back next week um, I think we're going to have a couple of films and I might try and get to the shorts that I, I missed from the Final Girls Berlin Fist Festival we'll, uh, we'll just have to see how things go alright but uh, yeah Enjoy your cinema going, have fun people, and we will see you next week. Alright, peace.